This is the Music Innovation Podcast. Today, bands in town. Hello and welcome to the Music Innovation Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Florian Willish, and in this podcast, I'll be interviewing innovators in the music industry, people who build new tools or who use existing tools in new ways. What I'm ultimately interested in is to discover how innovation and creative thinking can improve the music industry end to end, from the artist, through the industry, to the fan. When I arrived in the music industry, it looked quite grim. It was around the year 2000, right when everyone had been making huge amounts of money, and suddenly it was all falling off a cliff due to file sharing. Then, for years, I've heard everyone say that the music industry was dead, that it wasn't possible to make money with music anymore. What we know now is that the crisis created a vacuum. It created a need to break the status quo and opened up space for innovation. As a result, after 10-15 years of struggle, I'd say we've now arrived in a golden age for the music industry. The crisis plus technological advancements meant that fantastic new businesses, tools, and solutions were created. During my career, I was lucky enough to be involved in innovation and music firsthand. I started to work at Apple even before the iPhone was out. Hard to imagine now. Then I worked on the App Store, iTunes, and eventually Apple Music. I've seen world-changing innovation from the front row, and that has really only increased my passion for new solutions. And that's why I wanted to make this podcast, to talk about innovation in the music industry from big and small players, but always to make things better for artists and fans. So this podcast is for you if you're interested in the music industry or just generally in startups. Maybe you work in the industry and want to know what's going on around you. Maybe you're interested in tech and love the music. Or you're an artist or manager wanting to know about the newest tools. In all those cases, this is for you. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on iTunes and leave me a review. That helps other people find the podcast too. And any businesses, bands, links that we'll discuss in the interviews can be found in the show notes on the website that is musicinnovationpodcast.com. All right, now let's get to it. A few months back, we spoke to Fabrice Sergent from Bands in Town. Fabrice is a fascinating person who's done great things. Born in France, he built an internet service provider called Club Internet in the 90s. If you're French, you'll know this company. It's basically like AOL in the US. He started that company small and made it very, very big, into a unicorn, in fact. We talk about that in the interview. He's a board member for the Mobile Giving Foundation, who enabled charities to raise money through SMS. He explains why that's relevant today. But of course, we mainly spoke about bands in town. Fabrice explains how they aim to be a media brand and not a service company and how they are able to hit the sweet spot, creating a tool that's very successful, free for both artists and fans, and turning over millions of dollars. Enjoy. Hello, Fabrice Sergent. Thank you for taking uh, the time to speak to us on this podcast. 
So uh, I have done a, an intro uh, to this podcast where I've uh, told people a bit uh, what you do, but I think uh, what's, uh, what would be interesting is if you tell us a little bit your, your background, what you've done and uh, how you came here. Oh, okay. So hi, everybody. Um, we, I came, well, I started and I've always uh, invested in my passion, tech, media, music. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started as an entrepreneur, uh, at the very beginning of my career by, uh, uh, launching companies in France, mm -hmm. as you may hear I'm French, may, I can't hide it. Um, and I spent 10 years in Europe, um, 10 years, about 10 years in the U S, um, building companies from scratch, yeah. um, to, uh, went from zero to about a hundred million dollar in revenue. So to I like to scale companies yeah. as well. Yeah. And, and it was always around, uh, what I'm really like is how we can use technology to improve people's life or society in general. So uh -huh. the first major company we launched was, um, a, a internet access provider. One of the very first in France, in France ever launched mm -hmm. called club internet. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously mm -hmm. we're meeting here today at, uh, bands in town, which, yeah. which is, um, a company we actually, uh, initially, uh, acquired, but we, uh, and we built as a mobile, uh, as a mobile company. Okay. Um, and that, that company is, uh, much closer to my personal passion, which is live music. Okay. Okay. Can I just, uh, I, I saw, of course, in your, in your CV that, uh, Club Internet, if I understand right, it, uh, it was sold for a very high, uh, number. Is that, uh, am, am I right in, in, in calling you and one of the earliest unicorns then? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. By, by definition, Club Internet was sold for 1.2 billion euro to, Dutch Telecom, so it was definitely unicorn. That's <laughs> uh, in two thousand. Uh, just, just for the listeners, maybe um, if they don't know, a unicorn is a is a startup that is valued over one billion dollars, yeah. and that happens rarely, but sometimes nowadays. But of course, in two thousand, that uh, was uh, much more rare. Yeah, Club Internet was an amazing adventure that started really with a few people in the garage, and and that really wow. grew. Uh, with the support of a very large uh, French uh, media group called uh, Lagardère, mm -hmm. which grew uh, from zero to about a thousand employees, mm -hmm. uh, and and about a m close to a million subscribers be before it was sold first to Dutch Telecom and then to and Dutch Telecom sold it again to uh, local French carriers actually. Okay. Um, another thing, just uh, maybe I, I saw that you that you have created a, a foundation. Is that right? No, that's that's uh, that that you re probably refer to the Mobile Giving Foundation. Yeah. No, I didn't create that, okay. uh, but it was a very dear project that I was very happy to support. It was one another way, another good example to see how technology could help our societies. We we yeah. used um, uh, technology and our relationship with the telecommunication world to build a platform to uh, facilitate what we call text to give uh, okay. donations. Mm -hmm. um, so essentially sending a text to a charity to make a donation 
Um, and that platform still today connects, it was called the Mobile Giving Foundation, connects as a nonprofit uh, about 800 charities in the US, the biggest wow. charities. Um, it helped raise, for example, millions of dollars for uh, Haiti when the, oh, yeah. or, or for Oklahoma, or I mean, unfortunately, whenever yes. disasters uh, hit, um, we we that 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 uh, nonprofit provides immediate support to charities to help them raise money, um, and and I thought it was super important because usually the younger youngest people are not necessarily the one who give, yes. uh, the one who give usually are older and, uh, using text messaging to give was a way to educate and to also to trigger the nation, frankly, mm-hmm. from the youngest, uh, generations. So yeah, it was an, ex- that was an exciting, uh, project. Um, and it's still, it's still happening. Yeah. In the U S and Canada. Wow. Um, and so now you're. You're based in New York. Is that, um, what is your opinion about, uh, you know, the music industry and where you need to be or one needs to be? There's, you know, there's a lot of companies in LA, uh, New York, London as well, now Berlin. Um, do you think New York is the, is the hub for? No, no. Anyway, music, the music is, is, um, is very diverse and so are the locations of the artists okay, yeah. of the industry. Yeah. Um, each probably hub has its own specificity, specificities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and New York is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm so much in love with this city that, okay. you know, it's as much the level of music uh, business that's happening here. Um, as, uh, the, my, my interests, uh, my passion for the city that keeps me here. Okay. So you uh, you acquired Bands in Town, or you created it? Did I understand? Well, yeah, what what um, we we were a publisher of apps, and we wanted to we identified the fact that on mobile there was no equivalent to Fandango for Fandango being the uh, movie ticket uh, app. Okay. Uh, to, to 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 buy movie tickets uh, in the US, uh, there was no equivalent to equivalent to Fandango in the US on mobile for a concert. So we, we did some research and, and found a Facebook app called Benz in Town, uh, okay. which was enabling indeed artists to post toilets to their fans. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it was very early days, mm-hmm. but um, we offered the team to, 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 to acquire uh, the, the app yeah. and the team, and we launched the mobile apps Android and Apple, uh, because we thought it, it should be a mobile first product. Yeah. And since then, uh, it was in 2011. And since then we, we, we grew, um, mostly focused on mobile. Okay. And so talking about, uh, bands in town, um, can you maybe explain to our listeners what, uh, what you do and, uh, yeah, what the benefit is to the fans, or to the musicians? Benzintown uh, really uh, has uh, two missions. One, we, we, we want you to never miss a show again as a fan. Yeah. Um, we want to help fans go to more shows and discover more artists. Yeah. So on that front, um, we, we offer you, user and fans can download the app. It scans their 
music library or uh, you know music streaming accounts if you give us permission to do so. And we will better understand which are what are your music preferences. Uh-huh. And based on that, we call it the music DNA. <laughs> yeah. We will send you um, recommendations and concert alerts about artists that you recently or frequently listen to or, or that you may carry in your on your phone. Yeah. Or um, based on the algorithm that we built uh, that uh, will recommend stuff to you. Uh, just because we understand your music taste based on also other people's music tastes, and then yeah. we make we make uh, connections. Um, for the artists, we help artists in the sense that um, we essentially help them grow their career. Uh, live music has yeah. become most for most of them eighty to ninety percent of the revenue they generate. Yeah. Uh, so by helping them sell more tickets being direct contact with their fans uh-huh. um, and also easily publish their tour dates on not only on Benzington, but on Google, on Facebook, on many platforms w- with which we have agreements, we, we help them grow faster their career. Going back to, uh, you know, you acquiring the, the Facebook app, etc. What, 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 how do you... How was the growth? Were they already very big? Or was it very hard for you guys to to you know make it what it is today? No, no. At the time when we, we it was um, the the it was it was really based on on uh, Facebook had had the whole platform for apps. Yeah. Um, and so it was the very was the beginning of the of uh, the usage of this uh, of this app mm-hmm. i'm talking 2011 so it's about six yeah. years seven years ago yeah um what it takes time to to grow a consumer app mm-hmm. um and especially on mobile mm-hmm. uh, because uh, there's no there's no support i mean when when you want to grow an app on, on facebook at the time some some games for example got some support from facebook, from facebook yeah but on the um, on, on mobile you have to find your own ways to go uh-huh. so it is a challenge uh, it takes time and perseverance but overall i think that with now 42 million registered users Wow. And 450,000 artists using the app. We, we, we really are the largest concert discovery app in the world. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, we, we probably, uh, enable one to two million fans, um, to go to concert every month. Wow. Um, so it, it takes time, but it was worth doing it. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's, that's very, very impressive. Huge numbers. How how does uh, does an app like yours uh, then make money in the end? So I suppose you don't charge the the fan. Everything is free for the fan and for the artist. Okay. Precisely for the artist because we believe that um, we contribute value to the artist. They they can log in into our system. They create an account. They log into our system. They can easily publish their tour dates. They, we provide them insights and data yeah. about where their fans are. Mm-hmm. We provide them with free tools to message uh, directly their fans on Benzintown. So, but we feel that 
the rest of the industry should pay for that. Okay. Uh, we believe that being an artist, especially an emerging artist, even though lots of artists, including the biggest artists, use bands in town, uh, but being a, a young and emerging artist is extremely difficult. Mm -hmm. And so one way to give back, actually, is to, um, is to provide them with support. And uh, I hope, I think we, we do provide them with tools that make a difference in their ability to tour, to find fans and to grow an audience. Um, so the way we, the way we make money is by uh, selling advertising to promoters, which needs to okay. promote shows. We enable them to target fans on a very geo, on, on, on a very local basis. I see. And also based on their music taste. So, okay. so we can activate fans for promoters, uh, for brands who mm -hmm. may want to create um, uh, events and usually musical events. Yes. Uh, for um, we also sell uh, advertising to music labels. Obviously, uh, we 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 do bring together uh, so many f fans. Uh, it's pretty easy to understand why they would be interested by an album launch or yes. merchandising or stuff like that. And last, we because we do um, recommend shows. People when they click on the buy tickets. Uh, button that is within the bands and down ecosystem, yeah. we get some commission and, and we, 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 uh -huh. we, we, we get fees from the ticketing uh, companies. So overall, the business model is really relying on uh, having the industry uh, pay for the, for the system. Mm -hmm. um, and on, on the top of that, we uh, expanded the reach of bands in town by uh, building an advertising platform Uh, that uh, actually addresses 130 million music fans a month beyond and besides beyond Benz in Town, the app, the ecosystem of the okay. app. And so we, we really offer one of the largest reach um, in the US and globally to music fans. So, so we can not only offer uh, great targeting, but we also offer scale to, to brand advertisers. Mm -hmm which is very important when you specialize in, let's say, a niche like music fans. Yeah. Uh, we offer an amazing scale for, for compared to many other huh. music properties. Where do you uh, target these, these fans? It's in the app, is that correct? No, we, we, you can reach, we can, you can reach uh, fans through all our media. So it's the app, the website, Uh, okay. we, we send about a hundred million, um, alerts each month uh -huh. to, through emails mostly, uh, to fans. And we, as I said, we have this advertising platform that expands our reach on sites that we don't own ourselves, but we monetize. So if a brand comes to us and wants to reach the fans of Rihanna, we yeah. can, uh, we can offer a broad and, and in fact, uh, very diversified uh, strategy mm -hmm. to to be able to um, address such fans okay. via different type of media so so the 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 fan when as a fan that has the app when do i decide to go go in there is it when i look for concerts specifically or is there do you build something else that that makes me uh, you know want to spend time in the app No, you, you get, you get, um, 
I, you could look for concerts if you want to, and then yeah. you go to the on the I mean the, the app has a search engine. Yeah. So we do probably are the largest search engine for gigs okay. in the world. Uh, if you type in benzinton.com, you also land on a website that has the same search engine. Yeah. And given the size of our catalog and so on, you always find something to do at night if you want to. Yeah. Um, in in many in a very large number of cities in the world. Um, but we also send you push notifications based on, the, based on recommendation and the music you like. Okay. That's different of Benz in Town. All the intelligence of Benz in Town is to recommend shows. We're yes. the only ones in the marketplace which recommend shows. Okay. Uh, you, you don't get recommendation from Facebook. You may get indications from your friends that they are going to go see XYZ show yeah. for you. Uh, but uh, you may not get recognition even from other music platforms like, you know, just music uh, streaming plat platforms um, um, and have not developed uh, intelligence around live music. Mm -hmm. So in terms of live music, if you have a, we are your best friend to recommend what to do tonight. Yeah. Are you able to... Uh, be be regionally pretty equal uh, is or, or are you are you very US heavy your audience I guess yes sixty five percent of the audience is in the US uh, but we we do have a very strong presence in Europe mm -hmm. um, in France UK Germany Italy Spain Netherlands um, the Net Uh, we have uh, actually the app is in uh, seven languages. So, okay. so from Japanese, Portuguese, Spanish, Italian, as I said, French, German. So, and English. So, so all these languages, um, you know, is uh, hopefully helping us being more relevant in these markets. From a data point of view, um, we have 123 agreements with ticketing companies all around the world. Uh, as I said, we have 450,000 artists, which are not all Americans. <laughs> They are from also various uh, countries. Mm -hmm. So we do have a great data set uh, in yeah. pretty much all the major music markets in the world. It's not, it's not really, from a data point of view, it's, it should work uh, pretty globally. Um, now we only have translation in seven languages. Are you able to do China at all? Or is that a closed... No, it's at least it hasn't been our focus. Okay. So, so yes, if we go very, very uh, far, yeah. uh, Asia is probably the where the place where we are the weakest, except Japan. I see. I see. Um, I've just got one question that I thought of right, right now. Going back to what you guys do, have you ever considered or does it make sense for you as you work a lot in the promotion of artists and their tours? to allow, uh, you know, to build some tools that would allow promotion on different other channels, on Facebook, on Twitter, on, um, you know, creating, as there's advertising platforms, third-party advertising platforms, be something like that for, uh, for live artists? No, it's, it's not... Um... Uh, it's not, it's not really what we're trying to do. We, we're, we're, we're trying to, to find, uh, to, to monetize our audience, um, mm -hmm. first okay. and to go on third party platforms. I, I guess that's more a service business. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, and we are definitely not an agency. We're media. Yeah. We want to build uh, the yeah. the largest and fastest music media brand uh, in in uh, you know in the live music space. Yeah. Um, and that's you know we're trying to focus our energy on the product on what we do, but not too much on you know diversifications. So about uh, Facebook, actually, you. You came from Facebook as an app, then you expanded to some other channels in a way. Um, how important is that side of things for you still? The, 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 well, the user actually being on Facebook and. No, just no, almost very early on, as I said, we realized that, uh, it was not the, it was not the, it shouldn't be the focus of this company. Um, and, and. You know, you need to have your guide in your pocket. I mean, on your phone. Yes. Um, and so, it, it this the, the concept of a Facebook app was not sustainable. Okay. So, so it never it ne was never was important. But uh, it still exists in the in the. It in, still is. No, not that much. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. To a certain degree, they, they discontinued most of the functionalities that they offered. Um, no, it was, it was, it was really not, um, I think it was great to have a starting point somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, the, I think the, the use case that we, we really recommend is to download the app and, and use it, uh, from your phone or, or potentially some people enjoy also receiving our emails. Okay. And, but that's also a mobile phone type of usage because people read these emails on a mobile phone. Yes, yes. Yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, I, I guess I was uh, wondering a little bit about um, everything that's going on with Facebook now. And, and on one hand, I mean, it's threefold, actually. I mean, once you build everything on Facebook, you become more dependent on it. Uh, then now they kind of change the rules because they have to. So they might exclude things, but also um, few audience is, is, is there, then it's uh, difficult, maybe. Uh... No, it's not our case. Yeah. Um, so I understand what you say in general. Yeah. Um, it's definitely something we, as any tech company, monitor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, our users are using uh, Benzintown on, on the app, mm -hmm. on via email, via our websites. Yeah. Uh, we are not a, relying on uh, Facebook as a, as a platform in short. Yeah. Um, you were mentioning earlier as well that uh, you give uh, artists the ability uh, to, to message their fans. Is that via some of these uh, Benzintown emails or is, is that uh, an app like a chat? Both. Ah, both. Both. Yeah. yeah. They can, they can directly message via email using, I mean, it's never, we never share the email or whatever. We, we, they can post a message okay. on Benzintown. It will show up in the Benzintown app or Benzintown will send an email to the right appropriate fans. Uh, should the fan want to, uh, and they'll, they'll receive the, you know, via us, the, the message from their favorite artist. Maybe. It's not really a chat. It's more a broadcast message. It's one to I many. See. Yeah. It's I not see. one to one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it sounds uh, really amazing. I mean, this this uh, the communication of an artist to their fans is is really key, and uh, and so these kind of tools that combine it are very important. I think. So I think we're going to try and move towards uh, the end of the podcast. I have some kind of wrapping questions that I'd like to ask you about. One of them is, um, you know, you've done a lot of uh, different things and you, you have a very successful business once again. Is there any businesses that you, and especially in the music industry, that you see and that you, you're kind of missing and that you think if there's some young person out there and they want to do something, um, you would say, you know, go for, go for, the, for that thing. Oh, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, um, always, uh, room for innovation. There's, it would be very contemptuous or disappointing to hear for, uh, someone who's always been eager to discover, uh, new product, new technologies and so on to think that there's nothing else to discover. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I feel that there's uh, look, there's a new, the music is at the time of Renaissance. Yeah. Um, it's fueled by three, uh, I think not, not only one, but three factors. Uh, one is live music. So mm -hmm. still live music is a fast growing segment. It has grown enormously over the last, uh, five to 10 years. Um, then obviously music streaming as now everybody knows yeah. in this industry that Music streaming is uh, changing the face of live music. Uh, and also I think uh, advertising is, and brands will focus more and more attention on music in general and hopefully on artists in particular. So that, that you know, there must be yeah. new, new concept, new innovations that will uh, come up um, both in using VR, using for, for, for the experience, Sound still can be something of visuals. I mean, in the live music uh, experience, can be something that can be always improved. We're always surprised to see that. You know, there's a yeah, and and I think that um, other items like uh, the blockchain, for example, yeah. um, is um, a great subject of um, not only of innovation mm -hmm. uh, to to see how can this be a way to um, better track. Uh, rights and pay out uh, musicians and, and copyrights owners. Um, there are many, many different types of opportunities that will continue to transform this industry. Yeah, uh, I, uh, it's good to hear that from someone uh, of, uh, at your level because uh, this podcast is, uh, has, has, you know, that intent to, to, uh, um, give people ideas and, 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 and also hope <laughs> in an industry that was long called dead, that I think is not at all dead. I want to thank you for, for this, uh, this conversation. It was uh, very interesting. Um, I've got one last uh, question for you, uh, which is just, uh, if you had uh, one album of music that you liked in the last few months, what uh, would you recommend uh, to us and the listeners to hear? <laughs> I, okay, so um, the one that I was listening uh, a few days ago um, in the, uh, as a loop was uh, the last album of a band called Cigarette After Sex. Um, be honest, as it was on the streaming music platform, I am uh, not sure of the name of the album, but okay. uh, it's pretty easy to find. Um, it's a band that uh, has a 
a very specific sound, which is very close to um, the sound of a, a very inspi clearly inspired by the sound of another famous band called the Velvet Underground. Uh -huh. And and it's um, the voice and both the instruments are, are quite outstanding. The way it, the treatment is also fantastic. So I would definitely recommend that one. Great. Well, thanks a lot um, for that recommendation and for your time. Thank you, Fabrice Sergent. Thank you. That was Fabrice Sergent from Bands in Town. Uh, Bands in Town is a modern and innovative media company, and I thought it was really great to be able to speak to their CEO. Um, I think it's a fantastic example of how a tool can be useful for both sides the artists and the fans, and free at the same time too. So that's quite incredible. I want to thank uh, Pascal Mariani, who recorded this uh, interview for me. Um, I want to thank Fabrice Sergent, of course. I also want to thank Bands in Town for having us in their New York office, and Alan Biegovich, who made this all happen. Thanks to all of you. Um, thank you also for listening. If you like this, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts. All the links um, for bands and businesses can be found in the show notes on musicinnovationpodcast.com. Please leave me a review or send me a message to give me some feedback. Thanks again for listening and hear you soon, I hope. Bye.